0: Alright, um, let's see, this is, I guess this is the first episode of, of this podcast, which is, you know, pretty exciting for me, I suppose, you know, uh, it, I, it's a podcast where I share with you my infinite wisdom, uh, underlining sarcasm, and just blatant disrespect for everything, I review anything, I'll review games, movies, wrestling, fucking songs, it doesn't matter to me. It, it really doesn't. But today, obviously, by the title. Um, WrestleMania, more specifically, WrestleMania weekend. I'm not going to go over the Hall of Fame. I don't think anybody cares about the Hall of Fame because that shit was. It was dragged on. Um. I guess. Uh. We'll go over, let's go over TakeOver. Um, the ladder match. Lars Sullivan, uh, Killian Dane, EC3, Ricochet, Adam Cole, Velveteen Dream, obviously. Man, was that a great match. A lot of people don't like the look of the new North American Championship. I love it. I think it's unique, because you got to think a lot of the belts in WWE at the moment all look exactly the same. The NXT belts, doesn't matter, the tag team belts, the world championship, and the women's championship all look the same. Now the North American title does not. In the WWE, I believe the only belts that actually look different are the United States, uh, the tag team championships, and the intercontinental championships, which is fine, I don't care. Um... I do like, I do like the North American Championship, though. But, um, I thought that they had a very interesting lineup in that match. The card was, it didn't feel thrown together. In a way, it did. But, you know, Adam Cole, he was, I don't think he was supposed to be in that match. Or no, I think he was supposed to be in the ladder match, but he was thrown into the tag team because uh his partner was injured. I believe it was Bobby Fish. I can't remember. Um but Ricochet outperformed a lot of the people the whole Lars Sullivan Killian Dane, who's who's bigger and who's better, who can throw Ricochet across the ring further. Um I thought that was pretty funny. They they had again an interesting dynamic with the two brutes and all the high flying antics. I have to say, I didn't like EC3. I don't know. That may just be me. Um, I, I don't. I've never. I didn't see EC3 in, in TNA. I never watched TNA, if I'm going to be honest. But Ricochet was great. Adam Cole was great. Lars Sullivan was great. Killing Dame was great. Velveteen Dream was phenomenal, pretty sure that was a five-star match, that dude's only like 22, he's only a couple years older than I am, and the fact that he's putting on five-star matches in NXT, flying off of, what, 15-foot ladders, just to elbow drop people, that's pretty insane, I enjoyed that, but uh, I didn't, (laughs) I think TakeOver was one of the few pay-per-views that I actually went into not thinking that there was going to be a clear winner like i didn't go into that match the the ladder match going in and saying yo yeah adam cole's going to win it's obvious because he was in a he was in a tag team title match later that night the dusty roads classic rather um the fact that he won it was just so great everything about that match they what broke two ladders it there was a lot of stuff in there that looked like it really hurt. Ricochet was flipping all over the place like Ricochet does. That's that's just a Ricochet thing. Adam Cole kind of uh being the martyr for a lot of moves, getting thrown onto ladders, climbing on top of Killian Day and wanting piggyback rides, shit like that, you know. It's whatever. You can do that. Adam Cole won. That's all I'm happy about. Adam Cole baby lives on for another day. Um and here's a match that I'm not going to talk too much about cuz I didn't actually catch it. I think I was doing something as this match had come on, but the Ember Moon loss, I did watch highlights of it. Um I mean, I can understand. She she lost for a reason. That's fine. She was getting moved up to the main card. It's kind of bullshit. That she was moved up to Raw, instead of SmackDown. The fact that SmackDown only got uh, a fucking tag team, a women's tag team, which I'm not nothing against Peyton Royce and her partner. I can't remember her name for the life of me. But I mean, they got no like they got no way Jose. They got authors of pain. No way Jose. Ember Moon. I can't remember if they got another one. They probably didn't, and I'm just being crazy. But Ember Moon dropped the championship, which I, I I watched Ember Moon win the title. I watched highlights of her losing the title, so it felt like you know I was connected to her as a champion. It felt symbolic in a way cuz what you're supposed to do when you're when you're leaving a company or quitting wrestling, retiring, you're supposed to leave on your back. That's the that's the old rule. Like Undertaker should have done, you know, at 33 shouldn't fucking come back. I don't know why he did. Like Shawn Michaels did, like Ric Flair did. It's just a thing that they do. It's it's to put the other guy over. Stone Cold did it. Um In a sense, she's not retiring. She's moving up to the the main roster, which I guess is a sense of, like, leaving. She's putting over a new talent. I absolutely love that. I'm glad that they did it and they didn't just do it like Asuka, which they were carrying on, you know, a long-term thing with Asuka. It's, it's, you know, you're undefeated, so we're going to make you not lose and you're just going to give the championship to somebody else. But, all in all, Ember Moon lost. She's moving up to Raw. Uh, I don't know if she's gonna have a championship run in her because you know the whole Nia Jax winning thing. Uh, I guess moving on to the next one, the Dusty Roads Classic. These are just ones that I got off the top of my head. The Dusty Roads Classic. Um, again, man. I only watched, I'm just not realizing, I only watched three matches on that card. What am I doing with my life? I didn't get to watch the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Um, I ended up going in, I can't remember what I was doing. I think I had, at that point I had gotten up out of my living room and went back into my room. And by the time I got back in, it was over. But, um, you know, Undisputed Era, they won. I guess, uh, Roderick Strong turning heel, which, surprising to me, I haven't seen a lot of Roderick Strong. I think the last time I actually seen him seen him was at War Games. I don't know if anything happened to him, or I, I've just been fucking completely blind, but I just haven't seen him at all. And the fact that he came back to take over New Orleans, turned heel to join the Undisputed Era Fucked up Pete Dunn, by the way. And got them the win. That was pretty insane. I don't know why William Regal wasn't just like, yay, no, fucking stop that. You don't do that. But he didn't, which is alright. love William Regal. I'm not talking anything bad about the guy. I love him. Um, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. I hear people say his name. I hear people say his name. Ciampa. I don't know. I'm going to call him uh, Tommy Boy, I guess. Listen. After TakeOver Philadelphia, I gained a whole new respect for Johnny Gargano and San Almas, for that matter. Both of them... Without both of them, the five-star match wouldn't have been a five-star match. It couldn't have just been Johnny Gargano and somebody else. It had to be both of them. And in that five star match, they told a excellent story. Wonderfully crafted, you know. It's the be-all end-all for for Johnny Cien. He can't lose his championship. Obviously Zelina Vega is gonna fucking interrupt cause why not? I'm sure she's a sweet woman, but my Lord does that character oh, if I was a woman, I would kick her teeth in, I fucking hate that character, she she does such a good job portraying it, and I love it, I love that she makes me hate her, it's perfect, but, back to the actual match, Uh, obviously, Johnny and Tom- Tommy Boy, they were in DIY together, tag team, until Tommy Boy was like, hey, I'm gonna go into a solo career, you know, singles, Let's see how this goes. Throws him off the fucking stage. And they were... I wouldn't say they were enemies. They didn't really do much until Takeover Philly when I think Tommy Boy just came out and hit the son of a bitch in the back with a crutch. I don't know what the crutch was about. I don't know if he was injured or not. So maybe he was injured and was just like, meh. But either way... I think the one part of that match that stood out to me the most is when, one, when Johnny Gargano had fucking Tommaso in the corner and just stopping him just for like a full 30 seconds, just stomping him with everything that he had. And everyone just lit up. They were like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that he's doing it. You know, fucking and I was just going, mama mia. It's, it's amazing. And then another part that solidified that rivalry and the story just about, you know, how far they've come, where they are, you know, what the rivalry is to them, is when Johnny picks up a broken crutch and he's about to go and hit Tommaso with it, He he's fucking revving back, he's he's ready to hit him, he goes, Tommaso puts his fucking hands in his face, He's he's afraid, he doesn't want to be hurt. And Johnny looks at him, and you can see Tommaso is like, his eye is swollen. And it just kind of added more for me, that his eye was swollen. But Johnny gets down, or I think he gets down, and he sits with him. And for a moment, it doesn't look like there's anybody in that arena. It's just those two in that ring. Both of them are sitting there. It's two friends becoming bitter enemies. I know that's what DX did, two friends become bitter enemies, but in this case, it really felt like that. Like, I think they crafted a story that I could actually believe. It didn't feel inauthentic. It didn't feel like it was written. It felt organic. And then, just when you think that Tommaso is going to reconcile with Johnny, he goes and tries to hit him. (laughs) And Johnny says, fuck that. Puts him in a cross face, and then (laughs) grabs Tommaso's knee pad and fucking overextends the stretch. It just, just really revs back. And I think he actually, I'm not sure, I think he actually attacked the leg in the submission that made Tommaso tap out, but he fucking used the the knee pad and stretched his head back as far as it could go. And I thought that was really interesting. That was really... I, I personally, I've seen people, you know, uh, what, like baseball bats, kendo sticks, sledgehammers, shit like that, use, you know the ropes even use them to stretch him back But I've never seen somebody actually use a knee pad to go and make somebody tap out. I thought that was extremely funny. Main event. Alistair Black versus San Almas for the NXT championship. Oh, I love Alistair Black. He's he's over. He, at first, you know, when I had gotten, because I hadn't watched NXT for a long time. Like, it it had been, oh, man, I got into it a year and a half ago, maybe, maybe two years, I'm not sure. But, I do know the last time I watched it was in season one when Daniel Bryan was still on the fucking show. That's how long ago that was. But, I thought Alistair was a part of Sanity. That's how different he looked. And, (sighs) ha ha, he fucking doesn't know his wrestlers. I thought he was part of Sanity. I was pleasantly surprised to know that he was not. But, Alistair goes into the main event. Alright. Back in his Extreme Rules match at Philly, again. Pretty sure that was the last TakeOver event before New Orleans, so it doesn't really matter. Um... His match with Adam Cole. Fucking Sanity even came out. That's why I fought it, I guess. To help him. And so did The Undisputed Era. Fucking. (laughs) He sent Adam Cole through an announced table. He body slammed him over onto two chairs. That shit. If you go back and look at that Philly match, when he's slammed over onto the two chairs. I cringed and I had watched it with my friend cuz he didn't watch that match. I wanted him to see the five star match later in the night between Gargano and Almas. I wanted him to see that match but first I needed him to see uh the extreme rules match. He f- fucking cringed. He said, "Oh man, that you could see actual pain." And when they it didn't help and then they fucking put it in slow motion afterwards, either. It's just. It's like, don't do that. Don't. I don't want. I, I, I watched him break his back. I don't need to see it again. But. Either way, Aleister Black, St. Almas both have incredible records with NXT. I'm sure they have amazing records in the Indies. You know, pretty sure you've seen wrestled in Mexico. He was Lucha. That's the tradition down there, Lucha wrestling. Man. Cian's a high flyer. Alistair, I've seen him do high flying antics. I wouldn't technically classify him as one. I've seen him do insane stuff, though. He's technical, in my opinion. Um, It was a great match. I love... Let me press... Prefer, preference. I thought Cian was gonna be moved up to the main roster, I thought that's why he lost, but he isn't so far, like the Authors of Pain, they lost, they're immediately over on Raw, Uh Ember Moon, she lost immediately over on Raw, but he wasn't, it, it kind of, because when Johnny Gargano lost his match at Philly, I thought that's what was going to happen, but he ended up getting a rematch uh, pretty sure just at a regular NXT taping, um, he lost that too. He had to, he had to leave. He, it was gone, um, and then he just started feuding with Tommaso again. Great match, but I thought that Johnny was going to be moved up to the main roster. I thought that's why he had lost, and I I said fine, that's perfect. He can move up to the main roster perfectly fine with that, he didn't, he stayed, he re-signed, maybe he thinks that he needs to, I guess if I was a a wrestler in that position, I'd want to stay in NXT, because in my own opinion, NXT is the better product, they have less performers on there, which means they get more attention, they get more, you know, I I wouldn't call it exposure, but they get better storylines, they get better rivalries, they get better matches, it's more condensed, it's like uh man. how how can I use it in an analogy? It's like um it's like the old Call of Duty games, right? It didn't have a huge mainstream audience, so you had games you had games like Call of Duty four and you had games like Modern Warfare two, they were just innovative and they were new and fresh and everything was just kind of flowing and it just it felt like a good time. That's what NXT is to me. WWE, Raw and SmackDown specifically, not 205 Live. Uh, they're more or less the Infinite Warfare, the Call of Duty Ghosts, the Black Ops 3s, the Advanced Warfare, stuff like that. Really mainstream, to the point to where they're not even wrestling at this point. They're, they literally are just a TV show... About wrestling, and that annoys me. Considering that we got from the golden era, and then we went to the Attitude era, and then we went to the ruthless aggression era, and now we're in the PG era. It just doesn't work. Even though NXT is in the same era, they're better. And that's why Alistair Black versus Cien Amas was an incredible fucking match. Better. Than the fucking AJ Styles match. That they had hyped up. Since fucking Wrestlemania. Or my bad. Royal Rumble. When he when Shinsuke won. Shinsuke won. Everybody wanted him to go against AJ Styles. He said I'm going after AJ Styles. Since fucking January. Alright. Since January. They hyped that fucking match up. In that time. Johnny Gargano and CM Had two championship matchs. Matches, and then Aleister Black came in. The Aleister Black match felt more important than the two main title matches at WrestleMania. That's when you know you have a problem when your titles don't feel significant enough anymore to garner a response from fans. And I'll get to the WWE bullshit in a, in a minute. Either way great match. I don't want to get too off topic with that. That's it for Takeover New Orleans. Now over to the the Triple Threat match between The Miz, Finn Bálor, Seth Rollins. All right. I'm I'm probably the only one that thinks this. I thought that fucking three-way rivalry came out of nowhere. Finn Balor, obviously a lot of people want to see him have his Universal title rematch because he got fucked out of it as soon as he got injured. Um, I think the, the Miz is a perfect IC champion. He's a heel that garners a response from the crowd. Everybody loves him. I remember a time when he was with John Morrison, and he was fucking called the Chick Magnet. And he fucking, he wore a fedora. Anybody remember that? That that was bullshit. That was weird. But, now now he's an IC, well, was an IC champion for a long time. Uh, And now Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a really good performer. I've, I've really been enjoying his, his work. Even when he was matched with Jason Jordan after, Dean Ambrose had gotten injured and was sidelined, and they had to do their whole tag team thing. Now, the whole reason Seth probably won is because he needed to get the Grand Slam champion uh, title, I guess, which they're just fucking throwing around at this point. It's like fucking dad and his son throwing a baseball back and forth in the front yard. It has no meaning except it's there. You know, I think from 1993, from when Raw started, and Shawn Michaels was the first Grand Slam champion, up until, like, what, 2001, when Kurt Angle was a Grand Slam champion? There weren't that many. In two months, back in March, was Fastlane, if I'm not mistaken. Randy Orton won his US title, became a Grand Slam champion. Now Seth Rollins won, now he's a Grand Slam champion. They're just throwing it around. It doesn't matter anymore. It's just that, it's... Hey, fucking, let's see who can get there faster. Um, Seth Rollins won, which honestly surprised me. Not gonna lie. I thought that The Miz was going to retain. Everything was gonna be fine. Fucking curb stomp by Seth Rollins to end the match. That was actually ridiculous. I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought maybe there was a slight chance that Finn could actually win that match. He didn't, which was interesting. Also, pointing out Finn's attire, I I don't know if he did it on purpose. Or it was a coincidence and he was just supporting LGBT stuff. Which is fine. Go and support it. I don't I don't mind that. It's I never had a problem with that shit. But there was a rumor going around <laughs> that Stephanie McMahon wanted to put Finn Balor in a gimmick where he was gay. I know that he has a reputation for going and acknowledging and breaking the fourth wall outside. Of WWE, like, he makes fun of how he can't get a shot at the Universal title and how he's being buried and shit like that. And I think he was kind of making fun of Stephanie McMahon at that point because she wanted him to have a gay gimmick. But I thought that was really funny. The Miz's entrance was, well, his attire rather, like, very Becky Lynch inspired, very steampunk. I guess you can't say it looks Becky Lynch inspired. It's just steampunk. It was very steampunkish. It reminded me of Becky Lynch rather. Uh, Seth Rollins taking inspiration from White Walkers from Game of Thrones. I thought that was pretty cool. I can't tell. They were doing a lot of the the entrance stuff with anima. I wouldn't call them animatronics. Just editing. Like, the New Day's pancakes, Oscar's masks, stuff like that. Couldn't tell if he was actually wearing those blue contacts or not. If so... It was crazy. Um, Seth Rollins winning. There were a lot of false finishes. It kind of felt rushed. A lot of the card felt rushed. It was a five-hour show that felt like a three-hour show with how fast the matches were ending. I don't know if that's me you know, just experiencing everything too fast, not taking everything in as slow as I possibly can, it felt really short. Like, they were trying to push to the main event as fast as possible. It's almost like they didn't think that the card was good enough, so they wanted to rush through to the very end, because they thought that maybe they could salvage the show with that. It's bullshit, but... Seth Rollins wins the IC title. Asuka versus Flair. Women's Royal Rumble, I'm gonna be honest, and I'm one of the only people that actually fucking think this, which is surprising to me. I didn't like the Women's Royal Rumble. I'm excited that they're doing new things with the women's division. They did the Elimination Chamber. thought that was great, first of all. But I'm not going to talk about the women's Elimination Chamber until I get to the... um. Fucking uh match with Nia Jackson, Alexa Bliss. But Oscar versus Flair. Now that was more or less hyped up. I don't think she ever made an official decision at the Royal Rumble to be like, I'm going against Charlotte Flair for the SmackDowns title, which I guess it's fine, but why wouldn't you go for your own brand's title unless you wanted to be moved to SmackDown? Was that the plan? Is she on SmackDown now? I haven't actually checked. should probably go and check that. Um, But yeah. Asuka loses to a figure eight. Now, there was a lot of technical stuff that Charlotte Flair was doing. Now they they both have two very different styles of wrestling. Charlotte Flair's technical, she has submissions, she does high flying stuff. I've never seen Asuka as a high flyer. I've more of seen her as a ground and pound, ground and pound brawler. It's very fun to talk but not being able to talk. Um they actually made her stop using an armbar because of Ronda Rousey which was stupid. Don't cater to people like that. That's bullshit. They do it to Brock Lesnar. Bullshit. Fuck that. You have people that have legitimately spent their entire lives doing that shit. I'm not saying that Brock Lesnar hasn't. He was he an was OVW. That's old shit. He was an OVW with, I think, fucking... uh Or, was he an OVW? I know he was training around the same time Jim Cornette had said... That the timeline was, he was with Shelton Benjamin at the same time. But anyway, he fucking left to do UFC for, I can't remember how many years. And then came back. Like, yeah, The Rock did that, but he never left to do another fucking sport. He played college football, he played Canadian football to try to get to the NFL, stopped playing Canadian football, and then went into the WWE. He never went and left and fucking started doing MMA or started boxing. He never entered the Olympics for fucking swimming. He was always a wrestler. Brock Lesnar came back and he had all the same shit. He could use his fucking Jimmy John sponsors on his shorts and trunks and shit. Fuck that. But, uh, I I keep getting sidetracked. Asuka... uh, I wanted so much more from that match. I think... I don't know what had happened. Because... I know that they can both put on incredible matches. WrestleMania 34 did not feel as significant as WrestleMania 33 for some reason. And I think that has a large part to do with... There was just these two women... And they were so opposite from each other that it kind of felt sloppy. Like there was a miscommunication with calls. While I was watching the show with a friend, I had said maybe it's kind of difficult to make calls since Asuka's not fluent in English. She can't, she can't understand a lot of stuff. She, can't, she can barely speak the language. I think I've only heard her say like two words. That's a fucking dramatization. But still, he goes and points out, well, maybe it's just, you're a wrestler for so long, you can, you know the moves, you don't have to understand English. It's like, if they say armbar, you know what an arm, you know what the fucking noise is. You know, they say leg lock, you know what the noise is. Charlotte's doing flippy shit, Oscar's reversing it into uh, submission holds and, and false finishes and pins, and it's a back and forth, the crowd's going, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Flair locks in a figure four. And her arm apparently is all fucked up now. I watched her get suplexed to the outside. That was pretty brutal, actually. I'm not gonna lie. It looked pretty terrible. But Oscar gets put into a figure four, turns into a figure eight. Charlotte's doing it with one arm. Alright. I can barely hold myself up with one arm. I don't think I could do it from my back holding myself upside down, extending another person's body with my legs. That shit would be incredibly difficult. Asuka tapped out, which I understand the figure eight is supposed to be in a like the be all end all of submissions. I've watched Charlotte Flair tap out so many women. Because of that move. It's almost like the disarmor. By Becky Lynch. I've seen her tap out a lot of women. Including Carmella. So. Here's what I didn't like. The fact that Asuka lost. Now. I would have enjoyed it more. If Asuka would have won the championship. Because Charlotte Flair doesn't have an undefeated record. So Asuka wins the championship. It's a whole celebration. Oh my gosh, she's still undefeated. She won the championship. It just it's it goes on to who's going to be able to beat her. And if the plan the whole time was to let Carmella cash in the next night or the following Tuesday on SmackDown, let Oscar win. This is this is a moment that she could do cuz I'm pretty sure Carmella has heat. She's she's a heel. All right, Oscar gets Beaten up a bit. She doesn't lose. But she gets beaten up. And then you hear. Carmella's music. She runs down. She does the thing with the ref. What? Cash it in. What? Cash it in. You like pizza pockets? Cash it in. Uh. Cash it in. PS4X, Cash it in. And then he cashes it in. One, two, three. Carmella's the new SmackDown Championship. And broke the streak. Opportunistic. Maybe if she... She can explore being more more fucking evil at that point. Be more heel. Do crazier things. Now, that's how I would have booked it. They booked it. Charlotte wins with a submission. Asuka's eternally grateful for having this match at WrestleMania, which is fine. WrestleMania is the grandest stages of them all for WWE. That's what a lot of superstars work to go to. And Charlotte fucking loses the championship on SmackDown. Now, that's fine. You just shouldn't have ended the streak. That It's like ending The Undertaker's streak before he's ready to retire. It doesn't work like that. She could have used that and put over a newcomer. That's how that works. If you built something up that long. Just like the Goldberg thing back in fucking WCW. He had his undefeated streak. And then Kevin Nash was just, I don't like that. Ended it. So, I didn't like that. A lot of people didn't like that. I know for a fact I didn't like that. So, the next match that I'm going to talk about. I probably, I know I didn't, I actually didn't write down the Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss match when it took place on the card. So, I think I'm going to talk about it now, back to back. Um... Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss. I like Alexa Bliss. I like Nia Jax. They're best friends in real life. They're both fucking sweethearts. Love them both. Um Nia Jax winning was surprising. I mean, what are you going to do as a fucking what? She's like, Alexa Bliss is like 5'6". She's tiny. Nia Jax is maybe fucking, what, four inches taller than her? Weighs, like, 200 more pounds than she does? Fuck that. Did you see Beth Phoenix trying to lift her up? Hell no. If the Glamazon can't fuck her up, Alexa Bliss isn't going to be able to fuck her up. She did what she had to do. She fucking poked her in the eyes. That's what a heel does. She poked her in the eyes. She fucking did all the dirty shit. She tried to take the championship and you know, fuck around with her, and all that, they did reuse a moment back from Raw, where Alexa would fucking slap Nia on the face, oh, and Naya would look back, she'd go, ah, and Alexa would go, ah, and try to run away, and Nia would grab her back, and fucking beat the shit out of her, they use that in, in the Wrestlemania, that's fine, doesn't matter, I thought it was hilarious, I laughed, I thought it was funny, as long as it makes me entertained, you can use the same th- gimmick over and over and over as long as I'm entertained. Yeah, it'll get old, but as long as I still think it's funny or cool, don't matter to me. Nia one, I didn't watch the Raw after Mania. I still haven't. But apparently people were saying that she was doing something weird. I think that the whole thing about Naya is she doesn't talk all that much, at least from what I've seen. I've seen her talk, yes. I've seen her, you know, speak and have conversations like a normal fucking person. You know, she's a human. But, I think having her as a silent, uh, you know, a silent hero, in a sense, just beating the shit out of women. That works better. Because you never know what she's going to do. Um... Her winning the Raw Women's Championship, again, I loved it. There's so many people that she could go up against. You already did the Asuka thing, and if Asuka is going to beat the shit out of her like that, again, the streak is broken, though, so she could just be another fucking... But that was a good match. I liked that. What I didn't like was the U.S. title match. The fact that at Fastlane, they let... Orton win it from Rude. Because they were just like, ah, he fucking... He needs to be a Grand Slam champion. Fuck it. Give it to him. He's worked here for, what, 10 years? He was in OVW. It don't matter. His dad's a legend. Uh You remember Legacy? Eh. Give him it. Both of the fucking... There's only one person from Legacy in the WWE now. It don't don't matter. Uh, Fucking... I don't know, I understand they they put Rusev in it Rusev wants to leave there's a video online you can look it up, I think it's called WWE is silencing Rusev Day chants um, Smackdown Live, Page goes uh, Daniel Bryant will face so and so will face somebody in the main event tonight they're all cheering Rusev Day Rusev Day Rusev Day, and they're looking around. They're like, "Yeah, that that may be an option," or, and they announce it well in edited taping versions because they put it on Hulu. They're able to go and edit it for re-upload on Hulu and other and their YouTube channel. So instead of hearing Rusev Day, Rusev Day, you hear AJ Styles. AJ Styles. Well, that's cool. Alright. That's cool. Dan- Bri- Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles in the main event. I That may be a good match. I would like that. Except for when you watch the video and zoom in on the fucking front row, you can clearly see a man chanting Rusev Day not AJ Styles, Rusev Day now you can go and say oh, it's just one guy alright why would one guy be chanting Rusev Day why would he not be chanting AJ Styles with the rest of the crowd it's a hive mind alright, it's a fucking hive mind when one person starts saying shit everybody has to join in that's why it's so, it's so cool to see people go, you know, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, like, shit like that, like, when they're cheering for two people, they, they're, they're divided. It's not a hive mind, but, it's just, Rusev Day is, it's there, it's fucking dead, Rusev wants to leave, is trying to back him up, I think he should leave, go to the Indies, And have Rusev Day somewhere else. Because they're clearly not appreciating you now. Why stay? Bobby Roode was in the match. He he already needed that match. He needed to get his US title back. Jinder Mahal was in the match. They set that up since... I believe? Didn't they set it up at Fastlane? I'm pretty sure. I can't remember, actually. But... He he was in the match, and obviously the champion, Randy Orton, he was in the match. It was just a bunch of bullshit. Only one of the Singh brothers is there. I don't know where the other one went. He's just gone. He was at the Hall of Fame ceremony. He wasn't at WrestleMania. He's not going to support the modern-day Rahaja, or whatever the fuck he says, modern-day Rahajana. Fucking Ritzcracker. I don't know. That's probably disrespectful. Um... I, it, the fact that a distraction and then a finisher ended the match baffles me. Why was that not a false finish? I thought it was going to be, I'm like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna kick, no, oh, okay, he just, oh, the friend I was watching it with said two seconds before gender won, if he wins, I'm I'm going to stop watching. Obviously, he did for like maybe a match and then came back, but still. Why did he win? Because you're going to Saudi Arabia for the greatest royal rumble? That's not a fucking reason. Like just because he's he's Indian doesn't mean that he needs to have a championship going into a foreign country. That's like saying Pete Dunne needed the UK championship when they went over to the fucking UK and gender lost his title to AJ Styles. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it just doesn't matter. I I just, I can't comprehend why they would let him win. People didn't like him as a WWE champion. They're probably not going to like him as a US champion people already think he's fucking, like, super fucked up on roids, it looks like it, it looks like he takes nothing but steroids all day, every day, hey Jinder, what'd you have for fucking breakfast, HGH, oh, that's, I've never heard of that, that's fucking roids, like, he was part of 3MB with Heath Slater, that's cool. That's fine. Don't... i never seen that shit. Don't care about it. I'm glad that he was in the 3MB. Oh, man. uh, It's just gonna go badly. I have a feeling he's gonna lose it at the Greatest Royal Rumble. And if he doesn't, he's gonna lose it at Backlash. Because that's what? The next major pay-per-view Backlash? I can't remember. I think it is. They have a Backlash... Um, that's, it's weird. Okay, um, next match. Pleasantly surprising match, actually. I'm gonna sit back in my chair for this one. So if you hear a little chair fart, that's the chair, not my butt. Um, I didn't know how I felt at first when she had made her debut at the Royal Rumble at the end of the Women's Royal Rumble match. With Roddy Piper, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, you know, uh, he's, he's a WWE legend, he's a WWE Hall of Famer, he's one of the best, you know, dirty players in the game, you know, he was a good heel and a great face. My dad had posters of him on his wall, and my dad's not even a fucking huge wrestling fan. But he loved Roddy Piper. And when she came out with it, I didn't know how to f I didn't know how to feel about it. But I had watched a video of her saying, you know, she had talked to him about it and he loved the idea. And if Roddy says something, you know, so be it. Because if she's gonna use his legacy in a way to where it's good, I can only see great things for her. She's gonna have respect like that for the business. She trained her ass off for WrestleMania. She never had a prior match. She debuted in January and she had to get ready for April. Not only did she have to get ready for April, she had to do um promotional shit for for you know their promo footage, you know slamming triple h through tables, getting slammed through tables doing shit with Kurt Angle, where he's a confused grandpa at Thanksgiving, not knowing where he is, didn't you say how? You know? Just shit like that. She put on a really good match. I don't know if it was just my expectations were super low, or she's just really good at it, because she legitimately looked like she fucking broke Stephanie McMahon's arm when she put her in that arm bar. Kurt Angle great as always, I loved him, he's, the fact that he's still, you know, 10, 15 years later, doing the you suck, you suck, chance, it's still great that he's embracing it, I love it, um, man, a lot of people, that was the match of the night for them, I have to agree, it was a really, really, really good match, unexpectedly good, I would say, but Ronda and Kurt Angle, they won, which is good. They're putting over the talent like they were supposed to. I'm not saying Ronda's, you know, spoiled because she gets her armbar and Oscar doesn't. Just, it doesn't matter. Just if you're gonna use an armbar, fucking get a crazy armbar like. Fucking tilt a whirl arm bar. That shit's crazy. I mean, it has to do with a lot of spinny shit, and that takes even more practice, but hey, you could do it. I could see you doing that. I I watched you do a Hurricane run. I know you can do some shit like that. Um SmackDown title match. tag team titles. Fastlane was going great until the Blood I don't like the the Bludgeon Brothers. I didn't like the Wyatt family. I'm not a huge fan. Of factions, There's only a select few factions that I actually enjoy. You know, Bullet Club is fine. They have a lot of members. The NWO was fine in its infancy. DX was fine. I liked DX. The four horsewomen and men were fine. I loved it. It was perfect. The club is fine. But... The Wyatt Family was kind of weird... Uh, And now they're... Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. They're the Bludgeon Brothers. I I mean, it's interesting. They're mysterious. I guess. So, going into... They just fucking squash-matched everybody. They made the hype bros split up. I'm still livid about it. Top ten anime betrayals for sure. But, you know, hype bros split up... Uh, they're they're fucking burying Brizongo they they went into Fastlane and you're just like what why are you here why are you interrupting this this match I don't know if it was a work or a shoot but they put fucking Xavier Woods in the hospital fucked his spine all up they're just like fuck you guys and they just they, they came into the match and they were in for fucking five minutes and won All this build-up. I mean, yeah, you're supposed to build them up like you are their fucking unstoppable force, but come on. You would think that fucking two other teams in the match would go and fucking combine forces and beat the shit out of them. They're not just gonna sit there and take it. They're not just gonna fucking get the shit beat out of them and just let their title chances slip away. The Usos definitely aren't. Have you seen the fucking matches with Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable and the fucking The New Day? Who who else was in that match? oh uh, the fucking it was the four way tag team match, and I can't remember the fourth team. Oh, it's gonna bug me. I can't remember. But they did everything that they could and they still got their shit taken away from them, which is just like, why, why, what was the point, what, what was the point of the match, Uh, Bludgeon Bros, terrible match, didn't like it, eh, eh, it was bad, um, here's, here's a surprising match that I liked, um, the build-up to it was pretty pretty good. You got to see Cena go back to his roots and start insulting The Undertaker for like three three weeks, three or four weeks. And he's just like, oh, you left your balls at home. You're posting workout videos on your wife's Instagram. You know, you suck. Do something. And silence. And it was perfect. It was perfect. He didn't need to respond. There shouldn't have been build-up. Because you knew it wasn't going to be a long match. Mark Calloway is 53 years old, alright? He's been in the WWE since SummerSlam of 1992. That's a long fucking time, alright? Now, it's it's just kind of weird to, to me that uh, he even came at all, a lot of people thought he was going to come as American Badass, he didn't, I would have liked to have seen that, just a fucking ding, rolling, 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 that would have been funny, (laughs) I would have laughed, haha, but that was a WCW thing, because Undertaker was going to move on to WCW, and that's why he made the gimmick, Vince hates that gimmick, so he wasn't going to be able to do that, but, Elias comes out, the lights go out, Elias comes out, and everybody's just like, oh, my fucking heart was racing, actually, And, uh, fucking, sitting there, and it's like, oh, it's just Elias, fuck Elias, I hate him, oh, I want him to fucking fall out of the ring, John Cena fucking, bam, 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 fucking kills him, walking up the ramp, he stops, you know he's coming, he just stops though, he's like, hmm, what if I just stand here, maybe he will, maybe he will show up, so he just stands there. (laughs) the fucking gongs go off, Undertaker makes his way to the ring for about half an hour, him walking into the fucking ring, was longer than the actual match, like, John Cena was kind of just fucking him up, he's like, oh, you can't see me, Undertaker sits up, he's like, I'm dead, bitch, I can come back whenever I want, looks over, John Cena's really scared, he stops dead in his tracks, shits his pants, He gets up, he's like, oh, please, Mr. Taker, I didn't mean what I said. Uh, Choke slam. I'm pretty sure he did a last ride. Or not a last ride, but a uh, old school. Walked the ropes and everything. So he did an old school, he did a choke slam. And then he did a tombstone to end it. Walked away, crowd cheering, crowd chanting, Undertaker, Taker, Taker, you know. If that's the end for him, if that's the way John Cena wanted him to go out, That's fine. That's perfectly fine. But that's probably not his last match. Well, actually, it's not his last match. What am I talking about? He's at the Greatest Royal Rumble going against Chris Jericho in a casket match. Completely forgot about that. I mean, it's fine. A little life for him to stay retired. I mean, would I? I don't think I would have enjoyed Roman Reigns retiring. One of the best wrestlers of all time. Well, I, I would have to say one of the best wrestlers with the best gimmick uh, of all time. Um, but yeah, Taker won. I mean, I was happy with it. Uh, Daniel Bryan's return, that was interesting. Shane McMahon was on his team against KO Mania and Sami Zayn. They did a little looking for patient zero of the yes movement type thing. That was pretty cool. I liked that. That was interesting. I mean... (laughs) They they could have not fucked with the whole crowd and been like, oh yeah, Daniel Bryan has a head injury. He's out for fucking five minutes of the match. (laughs) They could have not done that and it would have still been a really good match. Like, Shane McMahon had a hernia and... He's sitting there wrestling, and he's clearly in pain. I don't know why Shane was just like, yeah, just let me in. <laughs> no, fucking no. And then, yeah, I mean... Daniel eventually got and He did his yes kicks. Pretty sure he did the yes lock, I can't remember. Just kind of beat the fuck out of both of them. Which resulted in... uh. Kevin Owens and Sammy Zayn going over to Raw, saying, "Hey, we want to go into the tag division." And Kurt Angle saying, "We'll go to TNA." That was funny. That was breaking the fourth wall a bit. I thought that was a pleasant surprise. Um, but yeah, Daniel Bryan's return is a good one. A lot of people have been waiting for it. A lot of people wanted it. A lot of people got what they wanted. You know, it's it's a fairy tale story in an actual sense. You know, you don't really see. Much of those in the WWE, and usually when you do, they're very short-lived. So that garnered actual emotion from the fans; they really enjoyed that. That's probably what boost boosted ticket sales. You had, you had what? You had Oscar versus Flair. You know, you had Ronda Ronda Rousey. You had the possible Cena versus Taker match. You had AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. You had Daniel Bryant and Shane McMahon going up against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It was a really good card. There were only a couple matches that were like, eh, "It's all right," but what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, this the next match I'm gonna talk about. A lot of people uh, thought that it underperformed. It did. They could have put on easily put on a five-star match if they wanted to. I think they were trying to set up for something bigger, though, which is fine. If you're trying to set up for something bigger that's even a bigger payoff than what I'm seeing at the moment, that's fine. Um, but... Yeah, Shinsuke turns heel. I'm actually gonna keep it short because I'm about to run out of time with this. Um, Shinsuke turns heel. To everyone's surprise, f- just uppercuts AJ Styles in the fucking nads. Just bam! In the fucking balls. For no reason. Turns heel right there. I'm like, holy shit! That's fucked up! All right. Well, Shinsuke's heel now—that's setting up for more matches. I don't—I don't even want to say much about the main event. Fucking Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Fucking Bork Lesnar, glazed donut, the motherfucking Rhino, the real Rhino, a real-life Rhino in human form. <sighs> Roman needs to be treated like an actual person. He did not wrestle the indies. This is homegrown generic bullshit that the WWE made up. There's one of two things, there's two things that you can do with Roman Reigns. And they did neither of them. They're going to keep going in the direction that they're going, and that's bullshit. I hate that. Don't do that. <clears throat> but. The Roman Reigns. Match. I, I think. You don't need him. To go. To Smackdown. You know. Or rather you don't need the Usos to go to Raw. Team up with Roman. To become the Bloodline. That doesn't need to happen. You know, it just doesn't. If you want him to be a good singles competitor, he needs to get over with the fans. He's getting booed out of arenas. Whatever they are doing is not working, and they are just continuously shoving him down our throats. It's almost like torturing somebody for information that they don't have. And you know they don't have, but you're going to do it anyways. It's fucking psychotic. That's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over. Thinking that there will be different results. What you need to do with Roman. Is book the Wrestlemania 34 match exactly as it is. Exactly as is, All the way up to the final match. People are saying. Oh Brock would have been angry if you would have had to put him through another F5. He put that motherfucker through five F5s. I would have been angry anyways. I have watched him put more people down with one F5. I've watched him put Goldberg down with one F5. I'm pretty sure. So the fact that he got through five of them and then was busted open, like hard busted open by fucking Brock's elbow just like Orton was. Now, do all that. Don't put him through five F5s, okay? Put him through maybe two. Brock sits up. He still does the motherfucker. And they blur it out. They're like, oh my gosh. And Brock busts Roman open. Except this. Roman gets up. To everyone's surprise. He's beaten. He's battered. He's confused. He he puts his fucking dukes up. He's ready to fight. Brock sends him down again. All right, One, two, kick out. Just a two, two count. You know, Brock is standing there. Roman gets up again. He's he's wanting to fight, you know. He's gotten this far, he doesn't want to give up. Pop, Brock sends him down to the mat again. Roman gets up one more time. He's ready to put, he wants to fight everything that he has. If he's going to be portrayed as a person that will fight for everybody and not give up... This is the way. He needs to get up and try and fight one last time. He falls down. He just... He can't... He can't stand it anymore. He falls down. And... One of two outcomes happens. He gets booed. You don't lose with these outcomes. He still gets booed. Alright? You're not... He's he's already getting booed. It doesn't fucking matter. Two... He still loses the match for the Universal Championship. But he gets a lot of people's respect. Don't let him talk on the mic as much. He's not good with it. He sounds like a fucking robot. I think that Brock Lesnar is a bitch. You sound like the kid from Breaking Bad. And that kid has fucking cerebral palsy. Don't let him on the mic. Anywhere near a mic. The second option, embrace the hate. Just go with it. Do with Roman what they should have done with Cena years ago. Turn him heel as fast as possible. Turn him heel so fast that when people go to look over, they break their fucking necks. They look so hard. Because that's interesting. You know, WWE was just trying to force him down my throat as a face and now they're trying to make him a heel. I want to see what they do with this. Alright. The Miz, he, he removes the turnbuckles and slammed Roman into the exposed turnbuckle to win his IC title back. Okay. Seth Rollins is a sneaky little, sneaky little guy and basically broke up the Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar fight to get the title. Okay. So what if Roman did that? What if Roman did some of that that trickery and, and sneakiness? You know, he's sitting there, he's he's doing his bad guy stuff, he starts to get momentum, a little bit of momentum, and he's going and he's going and he's going and he's going. He, he eventually starts, because he can be a bad guy now, he can say almost anything he wants in the mic, he doesn't have to be squeaky clean, it'll help him with his mic skills a little bit. A lot of times wrestlers go into a heel phase. They get more popularity. All right. Triple H did it. The Rock did it. Stone Cold did it, but he was not he was he he was already over mega over as a face. Jericho did it. All right. Punk did it even. A lot of people go through these heel phases to get popular as faces. It just works. If you're booed for so long, and then you start doing good guy shit, people are like, I've seen this dude fuck people up as a heel, I want to see what he can do while I'm cheering him. That's how to get Roman over. You can't just keep thinking that he's gonna, one day people are just gonna wake up and be like, I've been booing him for like a year, well two years now what, three years, actually, I think, I think I should start cheering him, no, people aren't, people, no, no, people aren't gonna wake up and be like, yeah, I need to, I need you to just cheer him, Seth Rollins is over, because he worked, on, not only he worked on the indies, in Ring of Honor, and he's just a really good performer, he's good on the mic, he's just good, people like him, Dean Ambrose worked on the indies, Dean Ambrose is fucking insane, people just like him. Roman didn't. Roman played college football just like The Rock did. Except The Rock knew how to talk. He knew how to evolve his character and gimmick. Work with what you have. You're in the PG era. Work with what you have. If getting busted open the hard way is the only way to bleed, do it. But do it right. Don't fuck it up. But, I digress. It's about all I have to say about WrestleMania 34. Um, There were a lot of stinkers on the card, especially the main event. I mean, there were a lot of good parts, but there were also a lot of bad parts. In my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, NXT TakeOver New Orleans was far better than WrestleMania 34. You know, with the latter match, the main event, the Johnny Gargano, you know, match the, the Roderick Strong going to undisputed era, Ember Moon losing her title. Everything worked out. It it just worked. But NXT was better. I give I if I if I had to do a star rating of the actual, you know, pay per view itself, give it a. Uh, Three and a half out of five. It's worth watching, but not for the reasons you might expect. It's just... It's a good way to waste five hours. That's thats what I would say. If you want to watch a really condensed, mat or pay-per-view... I don't even know if it's a pay-per-view. A really condensed card, just go and watch TakeOver. It's so much better. I... Highly recommend Triple H. Fucking Paul is doing way, way better than Vince with with NXT. But if I keep going on, I'm just gonna go and go and go and go and go and go and go. And go. I don't want to waste any more of your time. So I'm gonna go. I'm Snarky Arky. Uh, I'm a fucking asshole. I cuss a lot because that's my vocabulary. Uh, I'm sarcastic. I point shit out, I make fun of wrestling, even though I know that I could probably never do it, uh, but yeah, I hope, if anybody does end up watching this, this is the first episode, I hope more people, um, hope more, I hope people will see it and want more, so, I'll see y'all later, peace out.